This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. I'm Johnny Hart. And I'm Trader Nick. Welcome back to the Market Insights Market Pulse podcast. And today we're joined by Oanda Senior Market Analyst in New York, Ed Moyer. Ed, good afternoon. Good afternoon. It's good to have you back, Ed. A lot has happened. This week has been pretty busy. We had, uh, of course, coverage on the podcast about some notable things that developed. The pound dipped pretty hard off of lesser than expected inflation. Uh, I think market participants were really paying attention to uh, the pound. And, and, uh, you know, there was a lot of pessimism around uh, the the inflation number. That was kind of a surprise to the market. We saw the pound really dip. A lot has happened. Today is kind of a quiet news day. However, we did get some interest interesting stuff out of Japan. Uh, The Japanese yen is down pretty big today. What's the latest on that, Ed? And uh, catch us up to speed with what what we heard from Ueda. Well, it seems that, you know, as as everyone prepares for uh, next week's, uh, you know, three-headed major central bank rate decision monster, uh, we're we're, we're getting some reports that the BOJ is seeing little need to act on yield curve control. And and that kind of rattled markets. There was uh, an expectation that, you know, time's running out on the BOJ to normalize. Um, And uh, it, it seemed that... It wasn't likely, but for it to be ruled out already, um, it, it really kind of, uh, you know, knocked the yen down. And it's, it suggests that, you know, the BOJ is is really, you know, they're, they're, they're staying with their ultra-loose monetary stance. Um, you know, they're, they're not likely to introduce any changes to yield curve control. Um, you know, they'll probably revise up their inflation forecasts for this year. Um, but I think there's expectations that, you know, their outlooks for you know the fiscal year in 2024 and 2025 are not really going to see any big shifts. So uh, it looks like the BOJs just they want to. I mean, we say it so often, but have a wait and see approach, and uh, that's that's kind of uh, you know going to drive that interest rate differential. You have next week the Fed is going to raise rates, the ECB is going to raise rates, and Japan's doing nothing. So um, you know we've seen the yen. Uh, strengthening quite a bit. It seems that now we're we're seeing yen weakness kick in um, 141.62 um, as of this podcast. But um, I mean, we'll, what will get the Ministry of Finance nervous? Yes, if we're back to 145, will will, will we get there before the you know the Friday's uh, BOJ uh, decision? Well, you know, a lot will depend on what we get with uh, the Fed. Um, it's the, the busiest week for earnings, and uh, there's lots of important data points, uh, you know, US GDP, um, ECI, and core PC. Um, so there's there's so many so many big catalysts out there. So you could you could make the case that if you know the soft landing narrative is still intact for the US, well, uh, that should drive um, you know a, a much weaker Japanese yen, which you know could could uh, make uh, you know that. Friday meeting a lot harder, but uh, for now it, it seems like it's a, it's been a one-way trade, and uh, uh, yeah, yen's falling, and uh, you know there could be some uh, momentum behind that move. 
Yeah, and I think it's uh, fair to say, you know, you made mention to it towards the end of your your points there about kind of just uh, reflective of, of the U.S., but also some other places as well where soft landing potential, where risk on is kind of uh, potentially here to stay. I mean, of course, it is early. We have not yet reached, you know, the, the highs on the indices or anything like that, but uh, they're marching higher. Things look uh, a lot better than they did perhaps a year ago uh, where rate hikes were, um, you know, a year ago, rate hikes were, were, there was no end in sight kind of thing. And now here we are on the podcast today, of course, uh, ahead of a, a meeting next week, which is likely, as you pointed out, uh, going to see a rate hike, uh, an, another one from the United States. But the question, of course, is from there, is, is that the end? Uh, and will that end potentially signal a, a nice, um, you know, smooth kind of uh, uh, transition into to more of a risk on period again? And again, the yen in that situation uh, does not do so hot. Another big one to mention for those of you guys who are uh, perhaps catching up on everything that happened this week, it was a pretty eventful week. And I mentioned it briefly earlier. Uh, the UK's CPI number came out uh, much cooler than expected, showing some some real promise there and some uh, some relief for our UK friends. Of course, we have some on the podcast between Craig and uh, Johnny. So, uh, you know, a nice step in the right direction and nice to see, I guess, another trend that we've uh, been addressing on the podcast recently has been, you know, where the U.S. kind of leads, some other places are following, which goes nicely for not just the U.S., but also kind of a global trend um, of perhaps economic recovery. There's a little bit of an argument for perhaps that putting a little bit of weight on gold. As we talk about often, yes, central banks moving in the, um, you know, the, coming off their, their tightening process is potentially good for gold. Uh, if you know, economies around the world start to, to do well again and really pick up steam, that takes away some of the fear trade from gold, which is, of course, a topic uh, I, I wanted to just talk briefly on. We've seen indices running really, really strong the last, uh, the last you know, several months here, but gold has not gotten the same amount of love. Um, the oil trade has been interesting as well. Uh, Ed, do you have any thoughts on, in terms of the commodity side of things? Again, indices clearly... Uh, a very big winner recently, the NASDAQ up, though a bit of a decline here recently. It's probably still, uh, you know, too early to say this was a, a big win for bears as things have just been straight up for several weeks. But the com commodities world is a bit interesting. Uh, again, gold kind of lagging uh, behind some of the other assets out there that are appreciating. And um, I haven't even really looked too closely at oil. Oil still doing quite good. I mean, US oil 76.5. Um, and of course, uh, Brent crude trading good for 80.50 at the time of recording. Ed, do you have any thoughts on that as we, of course, go into a very busy week, as you mentioned, next week? There is a lot to unpack there. <laughs> I feel, I feel um, first, I, I should acknowledge the soft landing narrative is the consensus. Um, we've seen the retail world become extremely bullish, uh, bullish to uncomfortable levels that we saw a year ago when we were near record highs. So, you know, that is a difficult environment for safe havens. So gold has struggled. It's interesting to watch anytime we get some type of report, it could be jobless claims showing labor market resilience. And that's that's the key. That's going to be what makes the Fed's life a little bit harder. Um, you know, I think there's, there's still a lot of resilience in this economy. So you can't have it both ways. You can't have strong economic data and you can't continue to see inflation come all the way down to target. Um, there's just the way 
we're consumption-driven economy, um, it just the numbers won't add up. So I, I think you'll you'll probably see that you know gold is going to remain volatile. It's tough when you've seen stocks you know really outperform, kind of ending on a little down note this week. But um, I think there's still overall optimism here that the soft landing is going to remain in place. At least that trade. Um, seem supported. Uh, my call is still for um, a small recession. Um, and, and I think you're probably going to see that there's, there's, you know, the Fed is, is going to signal, yes, they can go ahead with that rate hike. They're going to have a wait and see approach. They'll probably, you know, set up Jackson Hole nicely. So end of August, you know, by then they'll have another inflation report under them. Um, and, and they'll be able to have a better uh, insight as far as, you know, where you know where's the trajectory of this economy and and, and I think we're, we're we're starting to see signs that the labor market is is uh, is is not weakening quick quickly enough and I think that's that's the big red flag so I, I think for for a lot of traders um, you know you're you're going to see that unless the labor market weakens we're not going to see the Fed really you know confidently say they're officially done so right now there's still about 1.6 jobs for unemployed job seekers and until that is closer to, to one to one. I, I don't anticipate where we're going to see the the Fed be able to take take you know that higher for longer narrative away. So so we'll see what happens. But I think rate cuts should re remain in next year, and um, you know eventually we should see some triggers for safe haven demand. So um, you know gold gold will trade very technically, and I, I think you'll probably see that um, if it could survive next week, um, you know then you know the bulls will probably be ready to, to pounce on that. But for now, I think uh, gold is, is, is likely to remain range bound here. Um, and, and with your question about oil, I think, you know, oil, the oil market's going to be remain tight. Um, we, you know, today we got our comments from the uh, UAE energy minister, you know, suggesting they're just a phone call away needing to do more. So, you know, OPEC is, is not going to play around. They're, they're going to make sure this, that, you know, we're, you know, $70 oil is nothing they want to see. They're going to do their part to keep this market elevated. And if we continue to see economic resilience, if we have strong flash PMI readings, um, if we start to see, you know, the odds of an ECB rate hike in September are, you know, dwindling, hey, that's all good news for um, you know, growth prospects. And uh, if we continue to see UK retail sales, um, you know, so, you know, showing retail resilience because the Hart family is out there spending uh, despite, you know, all this mortgage misery. We're going to see, uh, I think, uh, you know, strong optimism here for the, the crude demand outlook. So there's probably, um, you know, a lot more momentum that could be done with the oil trade than with, with gold. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see how the, the narrative, you know, shifts next week. But, you know, we have a lot of catalysts, too many big earnings, Microsoft, Alphabet, you know, a lot of uh, key major oil earnings as well. So we'll see the, you know, Exxon, Chevron, Shell, Total Energy, um, all these big results will really impact on the production outlook um, for the next year or so. So, well, you know, I think next week's key. Next week's going to be big. And uh, it's also summertime. Um, so <laughs> um, you, you, we are seeing... Uh, when I send my notes to reporters, I'm getting a lot more uh, those auto vacation responses. So we'll see uh, how complete market participation is. And you know, today is you know we're we're you know you know it's going to be the 
the biggest July is options expiration day, market volatility at the end of the week, NASDAQ rebalancing. So lots of key catalysts. So it should be, it should be a, a fairly, uh, you know, bumpy ride, I think, throughout, you know, the next seven days. I think uh, also just to, to reiterate that that point that you made about um, some of the earnings that we've seen this this week. I know uh, Netflix and Tesla both kind of dragged it down, uh, dragged, dragged down the, the Nasdaq yesterday. I think we were down by like 2%, which was a, a pretty sizable haircut. But again, as I made mention to earlier in the podcast here today, um, that is off the back of a, of a really strong run. I think the market is, and this is just my personal opinion on this stuff, of course, the market has been on a really good run. I think we probably need to see a little bit of a corrective move. And again, as you also made mention to Ed, retail uh, optimism is, is of course very high. People are back in the the markets. They're still they're back looking at the markets. Uh, whereas again, you know, several months back, uh, most people who were looking at markets, a lot of them were just kind of locking into uh, you know buying uh, T notes and that sort of thing. So uh, it, it's very interesting difference in sentiment as you mentioned uh, in the markets. And I do think that you know as you made points to the Fed still kind of staying on its higher for longer mandate uh, could be a little bit of a counterforce to this really strong upward move that we've seen. And that old adage of don't fight the Fed is a real thing. So you have to be very careful. I'm not necessarily saying I think it, you know, has a, a you know, a dark, you know, several months to come, but I do think it's probably due uh, for for some pullback, some, some you know, uh, all this optimism uh, can only take it so far before some reality has to settle in, and uh, you know it's not like we're completely out of the uh, out, out of the woods just yet. So uh, thanks for your take on that, and I appreciate you answering all my commodities questions. I know I loaded your plate up with that. My pleasure. All right, guys, thanks very much. Very interesting today. Have great weekends, and we'll speak to you next week. Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda.